Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open very briefly to the book of Numbers chapter 21 from verse, verse 9. I want to read a story to you. Numbers chapter 21 verse 9 if you have it oh thank you Jesus so the Bible declares and Moses made a serpent of brass in fact before we read verse 9 let's take it a little bit um, upward let's read from verse Verse 7, it says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have seen, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And this is very key. And when Moses prayed, verse 8 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fairy serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looked upon it, shall leave. Now, this is very interesting because um, he says everyone who is beaten, when he looks upon the brazen serpent that Moses lifted up, shall be healed. And for those of you who are watching online, I want you to know that your focus is very important in this season. Because... Now is not the time for you to focus on the things that will cause disease and fear, but to put your focus on Christ. But I want to point out something here to you. Um, faith is not denying the fact that the reality isn't there. But faith is superimposing on what Christ has done over the reality that you are facing right now. So I speak over the body of Christ. Uh, it is time for our healing right now. All right. It is time for our deliverance right now. And just as this pandemic came, that's the way it is going to vanish. Says the spirit of the living God. Right. But Moses lifted up that serpent. And we know that that serpent represents Christ. Because Jesus said something in John. I want you to look at John chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Oh, hallelujah. John chapter 12. We're going to read from verse, verse 30. John chapter 12 from verse 30. Jesus answered and said, The voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now look at verse 31. It says, Now is the judgment of this world uh, now shall the prince of this world be cast out so Jesus is talking about judgment in this scripture but look at what verse 32 says now verse 31 is talking about judgment but look at verse 32 verse 32 says and I if I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me this he said signifying what death he should die. 
Now, if you remember the story, when Moses lifted up the brazen serpent and the people were beaten by the snake, it was not paying attention to uh, the bite or the venom from the snake that healed the people. It was looking at the brazen serpent that actually got the people healed or saved or delivered. But Jesus now said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now, I want you to see something here. If you look at the word men in your scripture, the word men is in italics, which means that it is not a part of the original text. It's not a part of the um, original translation. So the translators probably put it there for um, um, easy understanding. So if we're going to read the scripture, um, it will read this way. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all unto me. Now hear this, verse 31 is talking about judgment and verse 32 talks about his lifting. Uh, if you go back to the story of Moses, Moses was speaking over the people or he intervened over the people uh, to bring deliverance over their judgment. The judgment was the fairy serpents and the venom. But the deliverance was the lifting up of the brazen altar. So judgment and deliverance. Now you come to the New Testament where Jesus is going to be crucified. And we see here that in verse 31, there is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world shall be cast out. Then verse 32 says, if I be lifted, I will draw all to me. So the original meaning is that he will draw all judgment to himself. And that's what happened on the cross of Calvary. That on the cross of Calvary, when he died on that hill, uh, every judgment that belongs to you and I was drawn to Jesus. Every judgment that was supposed to be um, a manifestation in our lives came to Jesus. And, and here is my bold declaration to you. God is therefore no longer angry with you. He has no judgment left for those of you who have put your faith in Christ Jesus. So I want you to know that on the cross of Jesus Christ, all judgment was drawn to him. No wonder he said, Pastor Victor, he said, it is finished. Jesus said it is finished and he had not yet died. He was living when he said it is finished. What does that mean? He said it is finished because God had exhausted his judgment on Jesus. The wrath of God, which was the penalty for your sin and my sin. Which includes sickness, which includes oppression, which includes fear, which includes sin, had been put on Jesus. And he said, it is finished. And because it is finished, we can therefore celebrate and rejoice over his mercy. And the Bible says that mercy has triumphed over judgment for the first time we have in the scripture where we see judgment swallowed up by mercy because before in the old testament what will happen is that you will see that there is um people who would come bring their sacrifice to the high priest and when that happens or to the priest when that happened the the, the, the priest takes the sacrifice and he puts it on the brazen altar when that happens there is judgment that consumes that sacrifice but if you pay attention they have to come back every year again why would they come back every year? They come back every year because there is still much more judgment that is way bigger than the little sacrifice that they brought. Yeah. 
So every year, a sacrifice needs needed to be brought to appease the anger of God. But we thank God for the one and only sacrifice of Jesus Christ who has swallowed up all judgment. And no wonder the Bible says that death is swallowed up in victory. Glory to God. So on that cross of Jesus Christ, on that place where he died your death, he died my death, judgment was swallowed up. And therefore we decree and we declare that every pandemic, every fear, whatever it is that you are going through, it is swallowed up in victory. And who is that victory? Our victory is Jesus Christ. Because he died on that cross. So therefore, my friends, for those of you who are watching, let your heart not be um, um, in unrest. Let your heart be at peace. Because you know Jesus is your solution. The gospel is the answer to every human problem. Oh, hallelujah. So in, in this season, we must remind ourselves of who we constantly are in Christ. Now, I want you to make this declaration with me. Say this with me. I am who God says I am. Now, I know it doesn't feel like a church because you are the only one talking right now watching me. But make sure you declare it because there is power in your speaking. So, say this with me. I am who God says I am. Now, I want to show you some things that will remind you of who you are in Christ Jesus. Your identity in Christ. Because nothing must take you away from who you are in Christ Jesus. You must always remind yourself of who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you have a pen, uh, if you have a piece of paper or you have your iPad, I want you to put down this point and write them right now. And I'm going to read them out to you. Your identity identity in Christ because of what Christ has done for you he has made you uh, in a certain way that you ought not to be ashamed of but be bold about because of what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary for you now the first thing I want you to know is that you are complete in Christ you are complete in Christ You are complete in him. Write that down. Number one, I am complete in Christ. In fact, wherever you are, declare it with me. I am complete in Christ. I am brought to fullness in Christ. Right? Take a scripture. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 to 10. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 9 to 10. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 9 to 10. Let me read it. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Pastor Victor, we are complete in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you are complete in him. I want you to know wherever you are, you are complete in Jesus Christ. You're not trying to be complete. You're not trying to... There is, there is nothing about you that is incomplete. In your spirit, you are the exactness of who Christ is. For the Bible says, for as he is, so are we in this world. You are not complete. So therefore, um, the conversation of inferiority is not your conversation. Inferiority complex. That's not your conversation because you are complete in Christ. It doesn't matter how you were born. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter what you think you look like. You might be short. You might be dark. You might be tall. You might be fair. Look, stop comparing yourself with somebody else. You are complete in Christ. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It says, for in him, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I am complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, I want you to know that you are complete. Number two, 
I want you to know that you are one with Christ. And because you have that identity, you are one with Christ. It means that what Christ enjoys is what you enjoy. Because you are one with Christ. So wherever you are, I want you to declare it with me that I am one with Christ. Now see a scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. It says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. You are one with him. I always preach it this way, that where Jesus is seated is where you are seated. What Jesus can do is what you can do. What Jesus has is what you also have. And um, who Jesus is is who we are. Who is Jesus? He's the son of God. And he was the only begotten son of God. But right now, you and I have been made sons together with the father and Jesus now has become the firstborn, not the only son anymore, but he has become the firstborn amongst many brethren. Hallelujah. So you are one with Christ. Declare it again. Say, I am one with Christ. All right. If you have a neighbor who is there, look at that neighbor in within the comfort of your privacy and tell that person you are one with Christ. You are one with Christ. The pastor is telling you this morning that you are one with Christ. Hallelujah. Number three, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What I want you to know today while you're watching wherever you are, I want you to know that you ought to behold your newness in Christ. Forget about the past of who you think you are. Forget about where you're coming from. Forget about your past experiences. You are one with Christ and therefore you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, let me show you something that Paul was saying to the Colossian church in Colossians chapter 1 from verse 2. Uh, this is something very powerful that I want to show you. Colossians chapter 1 verse, verse 2. He writes to the Colossian church and he says to them, Pastor Victor, he says to the Colossian church, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colos. So Paul is saying to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. So there is a location first before their geographical location. And their primary location is who they are in Christ. Look, this is the time like never before for you to always remember who you are in Christ. You must not let anything distract you from your uh, revelation of who you are in Christ. You must always remember, this is who I am in Christ. You must always remember so Paul addresses the people and he says, brethren in Christ who are in Colos. And let me by extension say to Nigeria, and let me by extension say to the body of Christ, um, the saints of God faithful in Christ who are in Christ living in Nigeria. So we are first in Christ before we are in Nigeria. 
And what happens is we operate under the economy of Christ, not under the economy of Nigeria. Now, let me minister to you right now in your homes. If things are bad right now in your homes, there might be no food to eat. There might be no money right now as you want it. There might be some things that you don't want to see around you. I want you to know that the power of Christ overshadows you right now. He has taken over your location. He has taken over your environment. You are not subject to the dictates of your environment anymore. And therefore I decree over your life that the manifest presence of Christ will make itself known in your environment. You take authority over your environment right now. I speak peace to your environment. Pastor Victor, you know, Jesus said to the people, he said, if I, by the spirit of God, cast out demons, it means that the kingdom has come unto, unto you. And what that means is that if, if you bring the kingdom of God within your space, you are therefore saying, um, not the will of the environment, but the will of God be done. That's why he told the people, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Glory to God. So you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I want you to always remember that. Number four, I want you to remember that you are sons of God. You are sons of God. Now declare this with me. Wherever you are, say, I'm a son of the living God. I'm a son of the living God. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. If you have your scriptures, uh, if you have your Bible, look at it. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So therefore you are, you, you are, you are not just a forgiven sinner. When he died on that cross, he didn't just forgive you, but he made you a son. So you are not just one who was pardoned, but you are a son in the kingdom. Now let this message of the gospel bring refreshment to your spirit. Because you know that you are a son in the kingdom. That's a great privilege. Your sonship is coronation. That's what it means that you have been crowned. The Bible says that you are seated with him. Far above principalities. And, and, and the princes of this world. You are seated at the right hand of God. You are sons of the living God. You must always remember that, that you are a son. You're a son. That means the privileges of Jesus. You share those privileges. And you, you've got to now, at this point, demand for your inheritance that you have. Everything that is yours in Christ. Healing is yours in Christ. Prosperity is yours in Christ. Peace is yours in Christ. Demand for it. Because you are not working for this inheritance. That's why it's called an inheritance. You are born into the inheritance. And the reason why every son enjoys the inheritance of the father is because the son was born. Now you were born again to become a son. Not to suffer. Not to suffer. So you must always say this to yourself. I'm a son and because I'm a son... I choose not to suffer. We, 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 oh, how do I put this now? We are above the strivings of men. Hallelujah. You are above the strivings of mere men. Why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. And because you are in Christ Jesus, you are a son. For the Bible also declares, it says, behold, what manner of love the father 
has given to us. That we should be called sons of God. So please declare this with me. Say I'm a son. I'm a son in the kingdom. Oh I'm excited about this truth. Praise the Lord. You know as much as Jesus is a son. That's how much you're a son. You're not, you're not an inferior son. And then Jesus is superior son. Uh, right? You are as much as a son as he is. Praise the Lord. Smile back to this pastor. Amen. I want you to know that you are a son. Praise God. There is peace in your home. Praise God. Now look at something else. Number five. Write this down. We are righteous in Christ Jesus. We are righteous in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse 19 to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. And I want you to remember this truth. It says, That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now let's look at the next verse. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Now, this is my focus right now. Verse 21, it says, For he made him, who is the him that you see, capital H, which is Jesus. For he made him who knew no sin. That is, Jesus did not commit any sin. He didn't do anything that was wrong. But Jesus was made sin. To be seen for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So I always ask people this question. What did Jesus do to be called sin? Nothing. But the Bible says God made him sin. What did you do to become righteous? Nothing. But he made you righteous. How did he make you righteous just like God is just? He's not just going to look at the sinner and make the sinner righteous like that. There has to be principles and protocols because he's a just God. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. But the sin is in the sinner. So what is God going to do now? So God said, I'm going to become man. And when I become man, I will die the death of the sinner. And this is why. We boldly preach the dying of the Lord Jesus, which is the root of our salvation. That as he died on that cross, he took your sins on that cross. It was exchanged. And anybody who puts faith in Christ Jesus has become righteous as he is righteous. And I want you to know, declare it boldly that you are righteous. Quit looking at your behavior to attest to the fact that you are righteous. Look at Christ. And know that you are righteous. Because the Bible is clear. If you don't believe the scripture, what else are you going to believe? It says, for he made him who knew no sin to be seen. Now hear this. Jesus is not a thief, but he was made stealing. Jesus is not a liar, but he was made lie. Jesus is not the fornicator, but he was made fornication. Jesus is not the sin, or he's not the sinner, but he was made sin. And by extension, 
We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let me show you one more scripture. If you doubt me, one more scripture. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. It says, for if by the one man's offense, which is Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So that means righteousness is a gift. You have received the gift of righteousness. Will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So I want you to know that you are righteous. And hear this. I bring you good news. Because you are righteous. No plague. No weapon of the devil. Shall befall you. And prosper. Because you are righteous. There is no fear in your spirit. So you have to declare it all the time. Certain things don't happen to righteous people. None will say in Zion I am sick. It is an aberration for someone who is in Christ to be sick. Jesus looked at the woman in Luke. The woman who was bent over. And he said to the woman. uh, He said. Woman thou art loose. Be loosed from your infirmity. And the spirit of infirmity left the woman. And then people started to question Jesus. Why did you heal this woman on the Sabbath day? And Jesus responded and said. Up not this woman. Being the daughter of Abraham. Whom Satan had bound for this many years. Be loosed from her infirmity. Now what Jesus was saying is. Up not this woman who is in the covenant. Because when you say daughter of Abraham. There are certain things that don't happen to the Jews. If things are happening to people, uh, they happen to them. The Egyptians will suffer the plague and the pestilence. But the Hebrews will be preserved. There was a place called Goshen. It was preserved. Church of the living God, I want you to be encouraged right now. Because you are in Christ, you are preserved. So Jesus looked and he said to the people, the Pharisees and the scribes, and he said to all of them, Ought not this woman be the daughter of Abraham? It means it's an expectation. It is something that I expect to see because you are in the covenant. And I want you to know that you have come into the covenant of what God agreed with Christ. It is not a covenant between you and God. You know, I hear a lot of people say that I want to make a covenant with God. You are not the one making a covenant with God. You did that before. It did not work. In the Old Testament, people made covenants with God and they failed. It was a bilateral covenant. God on one side and you on the other side. And because we couldn't keep our part of the bargain, we failed in the covenant. And God, of course, who would always be God, would have to reward us based on our doings in the covenant. But when it was time for him to bring redemption to mankind, what happened? He brought Jesus on the scene. And what happened? Jesus and God came into a covenant. No wonder we have a prototype of this in the scripture. If you read the Bible very carefully, you will see the covenant of Abraham. The covenant of Abraham was a unilateral covenant. God told Abraham one day, I'm going to come. And he said, cut all the animals into two halves. Right? And Abraham did that. The moment he did that, the Bible says that Abraham fell into a deep sleep because God did not want Abraham to be a part of the covenant and the Bible says when Abraham woke up 
Abraham realized that God had passed through the torches. He had passed through the animals and he had sealed the covenant. So God did the covenant with Abraham by himself. No wonder the Bible says that he swore by himself. God has agreed with Christ and by two immutable things which is impossible for God to lie. You know, God ceases to be God if you are not righteous and you put your faith in Christ. God ceases to be God. So I want you to know that you are the righteousness of God. Wherever you are, declare it, declare it with me. Say, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know what number we are right now, but uh, number whatever in the name of Jesus. <laughs> um, number six or seven. Number six. Write this down. We carry his presence. Wherever you go, you must realize that you carry the presence of God. Glory to God. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. John chapter 20 verse 21 and 22. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Uh, John chapter 20 verse 21 and 22. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. First uh, Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So the Holy Spirit is in you. You carry the presence of the Holy Ghost. Wherever you go, you carry the manifest presence of the Holy Ghost. Uh, he says, Whom you have from God and you are not your own. The Holy Ghost lives inside of you. And because of that, you take your own atmosphere. And never again will you say that the atmosphere of where you work is toxic. Never again will you say the atmosphere of your family is toxic. Oh, pastor, you don't understand where I'm coming from. If you know the history of my forefathers, if you know the history of my great-grandfather, he suffered this, uh, my father suffered the same thing, and it looks like I'm beginning to have symptoms of the same thing. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is in you, and you carry your own atmosphere. You, you are not permitted to suffer what your great-grandfather, what your father, what your ancestry have suffered. Why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. So wherever you are, you can speak peace to an atmosphere and you will bring the will of God there. Praise the Lord. Now I want you to also know that you are special. Write it down that you are special. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You're a special person. You're a special person. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Oh glory to God. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, I just want you to rejoice in the spirit. Rejoice in the spirit for what Christ has done in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Do we have it? First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to declare with me, I'm special. All right, all right. So tell yourself that every day. When you wake up in the morning, you tell yourself every day, I am special. I'm special. I'm special. There was a lot of intentionality when God made the new creation. You are special in Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm going to wrap this up here, but finally, let me also say this that you are blessed. That's so powerful. You are blessed. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. You are blessed. You are blessed. Please declare that in your spirit. I am blessed of God. 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 It says, blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. You are blessed of God. Now, to qualify your blessing, the one who blessed you, the Bible says, is blessed first. That you have to understand the one who is blessing you is first a blessed person. Is first a blessed entity. He says, blessed be God who has blessed you. The person who blessed you is not poor. The person who blessed you is not in lack. God is not in insufficiency. Neither is he looking for something to complete him or make him God. He is God all by himself. And when he gives, he, has, he, doesn't, he doesn't deplete when he gives. He continues to be God regardless of who he is to you and I. And I want you to know that the blessed God has blessed you. He says, blessed be God. Who has, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place. Now, the reason why the Bible says in the scripture that you were blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place is that for you to call something blessed, you have to speak from a high place. Right? If you remember the story of Balaam and Balak, Balak got Balaam to curse the children of Israel. And at every point, he would have to climb a mountain to curse the people. And when he climbed that mountain, he couldn't curse the people. Why? Because they were blessed of God. And he said to Balak, whom God has blessed, I can't curse them. They're already a blessed people. And Balak said, why don't you climb from this other side? Maybe if you climb higher, you'll be able to curse them. You'll be able to rise above their blessing. But the Bible here says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse, verse 3, it says, blessed be the God father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ it means to curse you you have to go above Christ to curse you you have to go above heavenly places therefore if nobody can go above Christ and above heavenly places you cannot be cursed quit saying that there is a curse in your family there is no curse in your family because you are in Christ Jesus and because you are the blessing of God. He has blessed you. It is possible for the blessing to override the curse. But it's impossible for a curse to override the blessing that you have in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you are the blessed of God. Now wherever you are, I want you to just declare with me and say, I am the blessed of God. Now open your mouth and just begin to pray and declare that. Begin to give him praise and declare that. I am the blessed of God. I am the blessed of God. I am the blessed of God. I hope you were blessed by the word. Remember all the things that we listed out. You are complete in him. You are one with Christ. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a son and not a slave. You are the righteousness of God in, in Christ Jesus. You carry his presence. So right now, within the comforts of your home, I want you to just thank him for you are the blessed of God. Make those declarations. Now is the season for me to remind you of who you are in Christ. I am the blessed of God.
I'm the blessed of God. Oh yes. And because of that, every other name fades away. Jesus takes his place in your life. And all the other names fade away. Oh, lift your hands and praise his name. Hallelujah. And all the other names fade away. 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 I want you to declare it right now. I speak to somebody who you've been called something. You've been called afflicted by something. You've been called oppressed by something. But that name right now is fading away in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus takes his place in your life right now. And all the other names fade away. 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 Oh, just burst in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are right now. Come on, pray in tongues wherever you are. And decree who you are in Christ. All the other names of sickness fade away in your life. Because you are the blessed of God. All the other names fade away. 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 Jesus, take your place. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, take your place. Jesus, take your place. Jesus, take your place. Jesus, take your place in Nigeria. Jesus, take your place. Wherever you are, lift your hands and bless the name of God. Oh, all the other names fade away. 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 Cancer is fading away. Sickness is fading away. Poverty is fading away. 
Every fear is gone. It is fading away right now. All the other names fade away. Jesus, take your place. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me say a prayer with you right now. Wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice, I want you to know that the power of the living Christ dwells inside of you. And because of that, you share all the benefits of Christ. There is peace in your home. There is peace in your life. There is fulfillment in your life. Now is the time to boldly declare who we are in Christ. And collectively we say, let there be peace in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to celebrate and rejoice wherever you are. Bless the name of God for he is faithful. My name is Dr. Phil. Ransom Bello, Senior Pastor of the Standpoint Church. I'm glad that you're able to join us in this live stream again. Um, God is doing great things sweeping across the nation. God is raising a generation of people who will declare boldly who we are in Christ. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So now you are going to minister help to people around you. The fulfillment of scripture has come today. When men will say there is a casting down, the original meaning says that you will be the lifter of men's hands. You would lift men's hands up. So if there be anybody who is discouraged around you, if there is anyone who is afraid around you, you are going to be the lifter of their hands. For if men will say there is a class of them, we will lift their hands up. We will say there is a lifting up. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.